0: How would you like to live a life of blessing? I think everyone would answer that question. Of course I would. Everyone wants to be blessed, even those who don't really have a faith. They know what a blessing is. They know what it is to be blessed. Everyone wants to be blessed, but living a life of blessing has more to it than simply being blessed. Sure, it's a great thing to be blessed. All of us have been blessed. But what about being a blessing to others? Did you know that God wants you to be a blessing? That's what living a life of blessing is really all about, and it's entirely within our capacity to do it. We get to decide whether to live a life of blessing or not. I invite your attention with me this morning to Genesis chapter 12, the 12th chapter of Genesis. Last week we looked at a story in chapter 11 about the Tower of Babel and this morning we just move a little bit further forward to Genesis 12 as we look at the first three verses generally referred to as the call of Abraham. And If you are able and willing I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning. through you. Thank you. Please have a seat. (laughs) Now, as this text is generally proclaimed, uh, Abram, as he was known then, which means exalted father, he later had his name changed to Abraham, which means father of many. Uh, And I'll call him Abraham because we know him best that way. What's generally proclaimed from this text is Abraham's faith, that God told him to go and he went because he believed what God had told him. But what I want to draw your attention to this morning is what God told Abraham about blessing and talk a little bit about what it means to live a life of blessing. Now we see right away that what we think we know about living a life of blessing is true, that living a life of blessing is living a life that is blessed by God. In Abraham's case, God promised to bless him and God kept his promise. Not only did he bless Abraham materially, in chapter 13, verse 2, it says, Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. But Abraham also trusted that God would bless him with fatherhood, to father a child. According to chapter 11, verse 30, Abram's wife, called Sarai at the time, later called Sarah, as we will refer to her, Sarah was barren. She was unable to conceive and bear children. And so, Abraham's Best hopes at the end of chapter 11 were just that God would bless him with a child. But in chapter 12, God promises a nation, not just a child, but a nation through Abraham. When we learn to see our circumstances and our situation through God's lens, as God sees us, we will recognize that God always far exceeds our expectation when it comes to His blessings in our lives. All of you remember the huge tsunami in India in 2004, about Christmas time. Well, on January 13th of 2005, Joy FM, a local Christian radio station in Sarasota, Florida decided to have a fundraising day trying to raise $75,000 for an organization called Homes for Hope. The organization was founded specifically to build homes for those who had been displaced by the tsunami in the Indian Ocean. In India at that time, you could build a 10 foot by 15 foot home, which is barely the size of our garage, But you could build a home that would sustain a family for $1,000. And so this radio station set a goal of $75,000 to raise that day in the hope of building 75 homes for those displaced by the tsunami. But at the end of the day, they had not raised $75,000. They had instead raised $750,000 enough to build 750 homes for those displaced. One of the callers to the radio station said, We wanted to build houses. God wanted to build a city. Abraham wanted to build a family, but God wanted to build a nation. And so he did. God blessed Abraham, gave him a great name as he promised to do in verse 2. All three of the world's great monotheistic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, all three trace their origins back to Abraham. All three revere Abraham as a man of faith. So did God keep His promise to bless Abraham? Well, absolutely He did. Unquestionably He did. Incontrovertibly He did. But God has also blessed you absolutely, incontrovertibly, God has blessed you. The 19th century British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli said, the greatest good you can do for another is not just to share your riches, but to reveal to him his own. So let me reveal for all of us some of our riches that we all enjoy as people of this land. Back in 1955, the Ratio of students to teachers in public school classrooms was 30 to 1, 30 students for every teacher. Now that ratio is 15 to 1, half as many, or you might say twice as good as it was in 1955. Adjusted for inflation, compensation tripled between 1947 and 2004, all the while life's necessities plummeted in cost. The U.S. has the largest economy in the world. In 1900, families still spent 40% of their income on food. By 1950, it was just under 30%, and by 2013, it was 10%. Our economy has grown and thrived so much, as a matter of fact. Our gross domestic product is higher than the next two highest nations combined. Our gross domestic product per capita, which is the most common measure of a country's standard of living, is consistently among the highest of all the nations in the world. Current U.S. unemployment, as you know, is setting records. It's so low. Last month it was 3.5%. In 1982, when I was in college, it was 11%. So has God been blessing us? Absolutely He has. There's no question about it. In spite of our current troubles, we're still citizens of the most blessed nation on the planet. We enjoy a freedom and a security that no other nation has ever enjoyed. And to top all of that off, no one within the hearing of my voice at this moment has been isolated from hearing the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, the greatest blessing that God has ever showered upon us. Are we living a life of blessing on the receiving end of things? Without question. To live a life of blessing is to be blessed by God. But a life of blessing is also a life that blesses others. Warren Wiersbe said, God doesn't bless us just to make us happy. He blesses us to make us a blessing. To make us a blessing. It was... God's purpose for Abraham, he shared it in verse 2, second part there, you will be a blessing, he says. It's God's purpose for us as well. He wants you to be a blessing. And he's given you the authority and the power to do it. It's under your control. You get to decide. It's beyond your control whether God ever blesses you with the things you want. But what you can control is whether you will be a blessing to others. And here's the real secret to living a life of blessing. The life that is truly blessed is not the one that receives the most, it's the one that gives the most. Our Lord Jesus Himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I can share that same truth with you, echoed from a somewhat unusual source, you might think. About 20 years ago, the horror author Stephen King spoke at the commencement of Vassar College, and he entitled his address, Scaring You to Action. And he talked about how two years earlier, he had been lying in a ditch, seriously injured after being hit by a van while walking alongside a country road in June of 1999. King said, I had a MasterCard in my wallet, but when you're lying in the ditch with broken glass in your hair, no one accepts MasterCard. On that day and the following months after, he he got a painful lesson but an important insight into many of the simplest truths of life. He said, we came in naked and broke. We may be dressed when we go out, but we are just as broke. Of all the power that most Americans have, King said, The greatest is undoubtedly the power of compassion, the ability to give. We have enormous resources in this country, but they are only yours on loan, only yours to give for a short while. I want you to consider making your lives, he said to the graduates, one long gift to others. And why not? All you have is on loan anyway, he said. All you want to get at the getting place, from the Maserati you may dream about to the retirement fund some broker will try to sell you on, none of that is real. All that lasts is what you pass on. The rest is smoke and mirrors. Deep down in our heart of hearts, we know he's right. All that we get is not real. It's smoke and mirrors. It's temporary. It's transitory. In scriptural language, it is passing away. Only what we give to bless others, only the things we do to bless others, endure and last. Consider. You may have lost many thousands and thousands of dollars in your financial investments this year because of the way the markets have gone. I don't know if I'll be able to retire before I'm 90 after this year. But you know what? You haven't lost a single nickel of your charitable contributions, not a cent even. You haven't lost that. You never lose what you give. You only lose what you keep. So what are you doing about that? You're living a life of blessing as far as receiving is concerned. But what about the giving? What about the blessing? Are you blessing anyone around you? If you aren't, you don't know the joy that you're missing. Yesterday morning, bunches of us gathered up here at the church to pack these cheer packs for the kids in Guatemala into these packages, a thousand of them we put together eventually, Uh, We put toys, jump ropes, hot wheels, cars, pencils, pens, notebooks, um, combs, brushes, everything you could think of that they might like to have because they don't have any of that. And it was a joy. It was fun getting together with other people, working toward a, a, a goal worth pursuing, to bless people somewhere else who who may not have any idea that God loves them as much as He does. And we try to communicate that to them. It's a joy. It's a blast. You don't know what you're missing if you're not blessing others. And when I talk about blessing others, it's not just I'm not just talking about charitable contributions, of course. Send somebody a note of appreciation, just for the fun of it, just because. Visit somebody in the hospital. Buy someone's lunch without expecting them to return the favor. Thank a teacher for trying to make our world a better place. Spend a day volunteering at Good Sam or Salvation Army or one of our other local benevolence agencies. Thank a fireman or a police officer for the work that they do. There are are a multitude of ways that you can be a blessing. You've been blessed, so be a blessing. Live your life so that when you die, people aren't going to be talking about what you got, but rather what you gave, who you were, how you blessed them, what you meant to them, because you were a source of encouragement and affirmation. Live a life of blessing by being a blessing to others. So there's... Being blessed by God, and there is being a blessing because God wants us to, but there is still one other dimension of living a life of blessing that absolutely cannot be overlooked. If you're going to live a life of blessing, you have to let yourself be blessed through Abraham. In verse 3, God told Abraham that all peoples on earth would be blessed through him. How? It's through His seed, through His offspring, through His descendant, specifically Jesus Christ. His seed, singular, not plural, as Paul points out in the New Testament. Jesus Christ. This is one of the first hints at God's redemptive plan in Christ here in Genesis 12. All peoples will be blessed through Abraham. That same statement is repeated again in chapter 18, verse 18, chapter 22, verse 18, where it says, Through your seed, or your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Now, listen to what the Apostle Paul says in the New Testament in his letter to the Galatians about that statement. He says, Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. The Bible says that this statement in Genesis 12 was God announcing the gospel in advance to Abraham. God had begun His redemptive plan, His redemptive process, His redemptive effort to bring all of us into the blessing of redemption and relationship with God through Jesus Christ to give us the greatest blessing He could give us. He started all the way back there, told Abraham, through you, all nations, the world will be blessed. Through your offspring, your seed, Jesus Christ. Now, a few chapters later, in chapter 22, we know that God, after He blessed Abraham, kept His promise and gave him a son named Isaac through Sarah, the child of promise. Abraham heard God ask him to take his son and sacrifice him. And Abraham, being the man of faith that he was, headed out to do it. Along the way, Isaac looked. He said, We've got the wood, we've got the night, we've got everything we need. Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide the sacrifice. And when they got there, Isaac was bound, Isaac was placed on the altar. Abraham was prepared to sacrifice Isaac when God stopped him and said, Abraham, you are truly a man of faith. And God provided a ram in the thicket. He did not require Abraham to sacrifice his son. But what God did not require of Abraham, God did not withhold in his own experience. God let His Son, Jesus Christ, become the sacrifice for all of us. That's the sacrifice God provided. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, through whom all nations can be blessed by faith. If you want to live a life of blessing, you first and foremost, have to receive the blessing of Abraham by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you done that? If not, will you? You want to live a life of blessing, right? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done to redeem us. You made a great nation out of Abraham. You you caused his descendants to bear fruit, ultimately resulting in Jesus, our Lord, son of David, son of Abraham, child of promise, the chosen one, the Messiah. God, you've blessed us all in ways we can't even imagine, ways we take for granted, ways we too often feel entitled to. God, I pray that you'd open our eyes today, help us recognize that all of the things that we so desire are temporary, they're not real, they're passing away, but that you've given us a tremendous blessing in Jesus Christ, one that we can keep for all of eternity, a redemption that draws us back into right relationship with you. I pray, God, today, that not one of us in this place would refuse the blessing that you extend to us through Abraham and Jesus Christ. Move us today, Father, by your Spirit to respond in faith so that we might be not just children of Abraham, but children of yours. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.